0: Hi, Happy Homeschoolers. This is your host, Melody Gillum. I'm here to tell you about a huge savings opportunity. This Cyber Monday, you can get 40% off all Transcript Maker plans at www.transcriptmaker.com. Just enter the code CYBER21. That's C-Y-B-E-R-2-1 in all caps. Afford that extra gift this holiday season with the money you save. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a digital support group for everyone interested in a learning lifestyle. I'm your host, Melody. I'm your co-host, Holly. And today we're joined by our favorite guest who will be joining us as a full host in the new year, Jennifer Jones. Hi, guys. Hey, Jen. So what have you been up to, Jennifer, since we
1: talked to you last? Well, I've been traveling more. I actually just got back today from a trip and that we went on with several homeschool families. There were about 19 of us, so we went to the Grand Canyon for the week, and it was amazing. I have
0: always wanted to go to the Grand Canyon. Yeah, we oh, loved it. To. You have to go.
1: This was my second trip there, uh, but my children I don't remember. They were too little when we went last time, so it was really great to see them Seeing it for the first time oh that's it's so really, much fun it's so hard to take in it is and when you're there it doesn't look real it takes it takes a lot of just looking at it over and over to realize it's a real thing there in front of you
0: you know my daughter said that she said it's so beautiful it's like looking at a painting but it you're is. in the painting and yes. um, it's just more than your mind can take in mm-hmm Oh, fans, you've been really busy there if you just got in today.
2: And Holly, what have you been doing? Um, Well, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up so soon and the holiday season, and it starts to get crazy for us because we have four birthdays from around Thanksgiving to right before Christmas. So not only... Wow. (laughs) Yeah, uh, that was a cosmic stroke (laughs) of luck. I didn't plan that, obviously. so yeah, we have birthdays every two weeks until Christmas, and Ooh. it's it's fun, but it makes me always look forward to New Year's Eve as my special holiday where I can just have fun, and I have nobody's <laughs> gifts to get together. <laughs> <The> or <end. laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So, yeah, you, Melody, what about you? Uh,
0: a little bit of the same, getting ready for Thanksgiving. But my the two adult children that we've been sharing this house with moved out, and just this last weekend and so we've been doing that whole thing of how do we where is everything because the house, <laughs> is, you know some things are here some things are there and finding the recipes and my daughter's like where's the recipe for this and making copies of things so we're getting <laughs> geared up for Thanksgiving while we're moving some of them out and then getting geared up to move ourselves at the end of the year so um, I'm sort of running around like That's a chicken a with my head cut off there's a mm-hmm. lot going on <laughs> <laughs> so uh, unexpected things keep happening which is just part of the course but um mm-hmm. mostly you know we learn to flex quite a bit I just have flexed a lot more than usual <laughs> and um I'm looking forward to like Thanksgiving sit down enjoy everybody's company um before I have to move on to the next big test so it's just a busy season for everyone it is I'm really excited about our topic today, uh, what is unschooling, because we have Jennifer here who's like the expert on that topic. I'm just really excited to find out about your journey and how you came to homeschooling or if you started there and if mm-hmm. you want to explain to our listeners uh, what unschooling is all about.
1: So have you have you ever unschooled? I was wondering, if I know both of you do more traditional kind of schooling at home
0: we typically unschool in the summer like my kiddos are at right. the house now but we we had our more structured learning time throughout this well kind of this school year but that was flexible too your school year yeah. Long, yeah see we kind of schooled all year long but there were long seasons where I took my cues from what they were interested in learning and
2: weren't your kids involved in like d- delight directed studies really child-centered yes. studies in the summer for some time
0: yeah in the summer we would do delight directed studies or they would be wanting to learn about something and maybe there wasn't a good chunk of time to do it Mm -hmm. during the regular studies and we would just go with it and you know find activities that supported their learning or they might start a big project and we would let that be the focus of everything a lot of those things were outdoor things like they were building things or digging things or creating right you know structures in the woods and um, I would just let them go with that so I didn't worry as much about not that I ever really worried about that but some of the other things could take a back seat for that little season. Mm -hmm. and we would just Milk that topic for all it was worth. Mostly when you just let them run with it, they just learn so much Absolutely. because they're the ones they have the motivation and they're pushing or, lead, you know, like a locomotive running down the track.
1: I just I, I totally agree with that. I think that the reason I asked you that question is because I think a lot of people who do more traditional schooling at home are sc- scared of the idea of unschooling or the term itself is scary or foreign to them but i think most homeschooling families do dabble in unschooling a lot of times like during the holiday season and mm-hmm. or if you're busy with something else that you do tend to slow down at some points and let the kids kind of lead the learning and i feel like most veteran homeschool families do that and don't realize that it's really stepping a foot into unschooling and it's not that scary. (laughs) So let's talk about
2: what unschooling is and and why people might be nervous about it. Jennifer, tell us what unschooling is. Sure, so unschooling,
1: like most homeschooling, has a lot of different definitions. Obviously you can do it your own way um, and I'll talk to you a little bit about that. But most people, when they hear the term, think that unschooling means you don't do school, that your kids are not learning and there's no schooling going on at all. And that's just not the case. It's more about being child led learning. And people do that in different ways. When I started with homeschooling, I was very traditional. We sat down and did schoolwork, and, you know, like they do in public school because I didn't know any different. And then I met people who unschooled, and it terrified me. That's why I brought this up (laughs) because the people I met were what you call radical unschoolers. And they basically let their kids lead the way in every area, not just in what they're learning, but what they're doing for the day, what they're eating, how they're dressing, you know, everything was child led. And I watched a family that I knew closely doing this and I did not understand that concept at all. Um, I felt like they needed more guidance, you know, personally for my kids. Um, But I started learning that there were ways to incorporate that and become unschoolers without being radical unschoolers, which by the way, isn't a bad thing either. It works for a lot of people and it's a hundred percent trust your child and follow their lead kind of thing. But there's also other levels, basically, I guess I would say of unschooling, relaxed homeschooling and eclectic homeschooling. If you've heard those terms before, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. they're more parent led learning styles more than radical unschooling, but they're still, they're not traditional schooling and it can really incorporate any style of learning. But the point is that. It's not, it's not traditional. You're not sitting down and learning in a traditional way uh, for those types of schools. There's also, and I just heard this term recently, but this is kind of what I've done. It's called intentional unschooling. And it means you are kind of guiding your child's learning, but from, you're their facilitator, basically. So it's from the side. So it's like, you notice your child is interested in something. So then you go get books, books about that topic and you know, put them around the house and let them mm. discover them and read them on their own. Or you supply things that you realize they're interested in so that they can follow up on it on their own. So you're allowing them to make their choices and follow what they're interested in, but you're supplying steps along the way that enhance that learning. And, you know, I
2: would have described you as an intentional unschooler. That is a perfect term because you have a plan. You have some ideas of what you think would be good for your kids to know. Absolutely. But the way you implement that is a lot different than someone with a traditional textbook approach. Yeah.
1: Right. And I feel like what what I do with my kids is I allow them to decide how they're pursuing their learning. And then I just follow up on that. I just give them the tools that they need for that. And I would include in that project-based homeschooling is a lot of what I have done in unschooling as well. And I can give you an example of what that looks like. Let's say your kids are cooking something, you know, and they're all working together doing a cooking project. Well, what I would do is we would work all our math and things into that. And again, I think most homeschoolers do this anyways and don't realize that it's the same that thing we're doing in unschooling. But they didn't ask to learn how to multiply fractions that day, but it comes up in like, we're going to triple this recipe and they don't know how to do that. So then they ask, hey, how do we do this? And then I show them an example and then it's real life hands-on learning right that moment. For my family, that's really worked well. It's more fluid. It's more organic. And when they're interested in something, they really, I feel like they pick it up more. I think we do as adults too.
2: Sure. So, unschooling at its root has a philosophy and would you say the philosophy is that kids will ask for the knowledge they need I used to know a family who unschooled and I remember the mom say, and she had a lot of kids I remember the mom saying one time yeah you know so-and-so uh, he decided he wanted to go to college and so um, he came to me and said, well, I want to go to college. I need this math. And that's mm-hmm. when they started working. On it. And he was absolutely. like 15. So it is like trusting your kid that they have some ideas about what they want to do at, it, at its more radical part. Yes. Was there somebody you read or any any people, you know, who had books about unschooling? Oh, that-
1: absolutely. Well, most homeschoolers are familiar with John Holt, but yeah, pretty much right. I anything anything John Holt has written discusses basically the concept that kids are natural learners on their own, that they they desire to learn things and they want knowledge. And if you just take a little bit of a step back, They'll ask you when they're ready. They'll they'll let you know when they need your help or when they want to learn more. And so any of his books are based on that philosophy. Those are great. I read a book called Free to Learn by Peter Gray. He he actually kind of doesn't like unschooling, but the book is interesting because he's following Sudbury schools and what they do in Sudbury schools, and it talks about the philosophy of how to learn in a in a child led learning environment. And it's very close to to what unschoolers do, what many unschoolers do. So that was interesting. There's also a book called Radical Unschooling by Dana Martin. She kind of tells how she does it with her family. And then there's some project-based books that I've read. And one of them that I really liked is by Lori Pickert. And she um, kind of steps you through how to do project-based homeschooling, which is really an idea where your kid says, hey, I want to do this. And then you set them up to be successful at that.
2: Yeah, that's like if your kid wants to have a lemonade stand, right? Yes, okay. or bigger. Right, like yeah. My,
1: you know, my daughter, you know, two years ago, refurnished our van so she could travel in it. And that was, you know, she was still a high school at the time. And that was a project. It was an ongoing year-long project. And when she said she wanted to do it, we said, okay, let's figure out how to do it. What do you need? What do you need to learn first? You know, you have to learn electronics and all kinds of things. And so she, you know, stepped up and learned all the things she needed to know to be able to do that on her own. It was really fun
2: to watch her, all those photographs that were uh, put on Facebook of the progress. It was really amazing.
0: Well, it's so so much fun when they're interested in something like that, you know, because my son decided he was going to build his first car and did. uh And so it was the same sort of thing. It's like, okay, he's got this project. So we were simultaneously intentionally homeschooling and continuing with our unit-based studies as well. So I find that it's something, like you said, people are incorporating this into their lifestyle, whether they call it intentional home, unschooling absolutely or not, It's just part of living a learning lifestyle.
1: Yeah, I, I sometimes don't like the use of the term unschooling, because I do see in the homeschooling community, anyways, a lot of people are turned off by that term, and they think mm-hmm. it means something really negative. And it's, you know, so all these other terms that kind of explain it more what you're doing are helpful, I think.
2: I agree. So you started off traditional. How did you get yes. to where you are now? What was well, the
1: impetus? So I have a large family. Um, I'm sure I was pregnant when we started homeschooling and I was exhausted Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and I had a lot of little children and I was trying to do, you know, I went to public school my whole life. My husband went to public school and I was trying to kind of, you know, copy that at home because I thought that's what you were supposed to do. And really it all kind of fell apart because I just couldn't keep up with it for all my kids. You know, at that time I was trying to do all the different ages and different ways and, it, it was just too much for me. And then probably like my last month of that pregnancy, I was like, okay, whatever. You guys are gonna watch educational TV for the next month, because <laughs> no, I-, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. You know, I was just too tired and too overwhelmed. And but from that, I saw like that they were they were learning stuff without me. Like when I just took a step back, they were doing all kinds of learning without me even being involved. And so from that point, uh, which was pretty early on uh, the first year, I think I started dropping a lot of stuff and I kept some of the traditional stuff for a while. Then over, you know, over the years, it became less and less traditional schooling. And even now my kids still like by choice, they still participate in classes and co-ops and things like that. But, the whole principle of it is, it's something they're interested in doing, or they've decided they need it for some some reason that they're pursuing, you know, so it's not a, you know, I don't lay out their schedule and say, you need to take this class, this class, this class, we do meet, I meet with my kids every year individually. And we talk about like, so what do you want to do? And that's basically where we start at every meeting is what do you want to do? Um, And you know, sometimes those ideas are, To me, silly, you know, (laughs) or uh, or unimportant, or you know, not the direction I expect them to go in. But I don't feel like it's my job to tell them that. I feel like I am really a facilitator for the things they say they want to do. And when they change their mind, we go right with that, and we go to the next thing that they're interested in. And along the way, because they're because they're having to make things happen for themselves, they learn math and they learn reading and writing and all of the typical topics that they need to learn throughout that. So, Jennifer, when you sit down, you
0: said you sit down with each one to plan. Mm -hmm. Can you kind of walk us through that? Like, what is that process? I'm a planner girl. So, like, I do well if I have a plan. Some people don't care. They just fly by the seat of their pants. But what does that look like for you with Each of your kids, I'm guessing it depends on the age of the kid. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, So so when my kids were younger, it it was really just a little fun meeting. And I'd ask them, like, you know, so what are you interested in right now? Which I think... A lot of parents don't ask that question of their kids because you are you think you already know, like you're watching them and you see what Mm -hmm. they're doing. But when kids are given an opportunity to actually tell you what they want to learn, when you ask them those questions, they sometimes really surprise you with that. So I always just started off with, So what are you interested in right now? What do you want to do? And and those were really open-ended conversations. With my little ones, it was silly stuff, like I want to build a Lego tower. And then we would sit down and discuss, like, okay, well, how are you going to do that? What do you need? How do we make that happen? And um, just go from there. But as my kids got older, and they started having goals, I guess, we're we're big on goals, and how are you going to get there to make it happen? And so that kind of changed the conversation with my kids and our planning as I would start off with, so what's your goal for this year or for this month or for this week? And what do you need to do to get there? And that's where, as they got older, more traditional schooling actually started coming back in on their own. Because, for example, you know, I have a daughter who's in college now that wants to go to medical school and she's been interested in anatomy for years and years and years. And she kind of had this path that she knew she wanted to go on. And so she realized that she had to take certain math classes or certain science classes or things like that for her transcripts so that she could get into the programs she wanted to get into. So then that was part of our discussion and planning is what do you need to do to get there? And then she would go find ways to study those classes on her own or ask me for help if she needed it. So the really open-ended planning. There is planning involved, though. And as there, what I... You know, have called uh, as their f- facilitator, I am the one that's responsible for helping them get the things they need to make it happen.
0: Well, I love that idea of asking them what they're interested in. I feel like there are so many opportunities to really get to know your kids because, like you said, we yes. think we know, but when mm-hmm. you ask them and then listen, it, it just form such close bonds because then you're a partner with them in their learning yeah
1: and it's exciting and they get excited about it when they're given those opportunities they really do especially if you're not telling them no and I (laughs) I know (laughs) that sounds funny but but a lot of my my actual meetings I always call them uh teacher meetings you know and we we go out and we have a coffee or something together. And, and they bring a notebook and they tell me what's in their notebook. And I write down all their plans and, and they enjoy it. It's fun, but it always leads to bigger things too, you know, um, because I don't tell them no at those meetings. I would always am like, yes, we can do that. Let's make it happen. Because part of also with me with unschooling is that sometimes their ideas aren't good and that's okay. Like, <laughs> They, they learn that through the process, mm-hmm. and that's a whole other learning process that's great for them.
0: Oh, it's important to learn from that kind of a,
1: yes. like,
0: okay, let's try. But it's kind of like learning from a mistake, and it's a safe place to do that at home yes. with your parents. Like, we're going to go out on a limb here, and let's try that. But then, like, there's nothing, not that much loss because you're home, and right. there's like a safety net. But I know some of the some of the way out there ideas that my children have had, they come to their own end safely.
1: (laughs) Yes. And that's what I kind of it's more important that that it ends of their own doing than of me saying, no, you can't do that. It's not going to work out. You know, it's more important to me that they they figure it out. And sometimes they surprise me. Sometimes there's things Ah. they want to do that, you know, I don't think they can do. And then they make it happen.
2: So you have. You haven't come on a situation where you had to tell them no. Like my son wants to be a YouTuber, and mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, I'm not comfortable with you being in social media at this age. Uh, right. But I will get you the tools. So you can learn how to use a camera, So stuff like that.
1: That's exactly what I would have done. You didn't tell him no. You told him there's certain guidelines he needs to follow that to make it okay for him right now, and then you embraced his idea by giving him the tools he needs to follow that dream. So yeah, that's exactly how I would have handled it. I would let them know my feelings on it and then find other ways to achieve the same goals that he's interested in, you know.
2: Okay, good. I I don't feel so bad now because I was like, "Mm." he he had a video camera he was playing with and, and it broke. So um, now he's interested in replacing that. But, yeah, um, I was like, well, there's a lot to learn before it's safe for you to get on Absolutely. social media. He can spend years learning it before he's ready for that stuff. Right. Now, I am curious. So when your children were young, did you um, sit down to teach them to read or any of those kind of things we Some typically of them. see? Yeah. But I mean, was it your idea like, oh, I think you need to learn to read or did you kind of wait till they were asking you questions? Um, I'm just curious how that. I did
1: both and it really depended on the child themselves and how they were doing. Um, One of my kids, uh, one of my older sons who's autistic doesn't, doesn't grasp phonics. And so he really wanted to read, but he wasn't able to comprehend really how the phonics worked so we did really intensive programs together to help him get to reading and that was very structured but he it was because he had a desire he wanted to read and so i set it up so that we could work on that some of my kids my youngest i have never for a single second taught him almost anything but definitely not with reading and he just just did it. So I kind of, you also have to read your child. Each each mm-hmm. child's different. So when they need extra help, there's nothing, there's no rules of unschooling that say you can't help your child you can't I would hope not learning, you know <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so we, you know I just kind of if somebody is struggling in something that they need at the moment to learn how to do then I'll, I'll help set them up with a curriculum or something like that that will help but we also drop things if they're not working which is very important
0: right it's like I've told my kids before if you're reading a book and it's just not working you can set it aside you don't mm-hmm. have to always finish Every project, and then even as adults, we'll start something to dabble in it and see do we like this well enough to overcome the hurdles? If not, if you find out it's not your thing, it's okay to set it aside and just chalk it up to a lesson learned, or now you know more about it than you did before, or maybe you just want to set it aside and come back to it Mm -hmm. later.
1: Yeah, I get asked about reading quite a lot. You know, kids all learn how to read at different ages, they're not exactly set to learn at the same age everyone else in a class learns so I think just patience is a big part of it
0: what about math I've had some people when I would mention unschooling to them in the past just say that they thought it would be impossible to do math but there's Mm -hmm. so much in the course of like living your life but I know that there are some parts of math you need to learn in sequence how have you has that been a problem okay you have
1: materials you like to use I would say math is probably the, for my house was like the last holdout on what we're going to learn traditionally, because I really, I wasn't as comfortable with giving up the traditional math learning progression as I was with other things. Um, but eventually I really gave over to like that, that doesn't make sense. They still learn the, the math the same way they're learning everything else. And when they learn it because they need it, they understand it and remember it. Um, so uh, like pre-high school level math, we we don't do anything formal. They go to some co-op classes where they play math games. We do a lot of games for math. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, not them saying, hey, I want to do math. It's them saying, hey, let's play a game. And I know as their mom and their teacher that they're learning math while we're doing it, but they don't necessarily see it that way. So a lot of game playing, you know, things like shopping and cooking and Figuring out measuring. You know, yeah. Yes. Or like we go on trips a lot. So figuring out the mileage and the things like that. So all of that's very organic everyday life math and really some of the most useful math skills that they're going to use the rest of their life. Right, when they get to high school in right. context,
0: math in context.
1: Yes. Of life. yes. And then when they get to high school level and they've decided that they need math for a certain something they're pursuing, then They do it on their own and they've used, you know, online programs. A couple of them have done classes, but I feel like they, when they're ready and they need it, they can learn it just like you or I could learn it. If I needed to go brush up on algebra right now, I could go online and I Mm -hmm. could take a class and I would know how to do algebra. So um, we don't really treat it any differently than other subjects now. It's just most of my kids have done formal math classes as high school students because they've decided that they need it. Um, but that's on their own.
2: That makes sense, and and like you said, a lot of the math you need, you're going to learn in the course of life. We've been uh, reading yes. Farmer Boy, and there's been we've been reading. I don't know, we've probably been reading six chapters, and they nobody's at school. They're doing mm-hmm. all this stuff, right? They're they're yes. planting crops, they're harvesting, they're figuring out all this stuff. They're, uh, they're they're doing a lot of stuff, and they they still haven't gone to school because they didn't go to school that much back then, right? But, you know, by the time little Almanzo was an adult, he had all of the math he needed to live his mm-hmm. life. And, and, you know, you're right. Like, I always tell my kids, uh, you know, you need to take algebra because it's good exercise for your brain. And mm-hmm. a lot of them were, looked like they were college bound. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not a math person. So I was like, I feel more comfortable with these little guidelines in the form of textbooks. Um, but, you know, typically... We don't use algebra that much in our day to day lives. I think I use geometry somewhat more. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'll say, "Oh, that was this kind of an angle," or "You need to do this thing or that thing." But yeah, if we're living, but when
1: you need that, even as an adult, if like for example, if you decided to build something and you didn't know how, you you can go learn how to do it.
2: Right, knowing how to find information when you need it is more important than knowing all the information. Right, I think I know how to use the tools. And you
0: can't know all the information either. No. That's why like one of our major homeschool goals was learning how to learn. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because if you know how to learn something, like you said, you can go take a class. And the other part of that is when you're ready and you need it, you are older and can learn it more quickly. So right. you're not really losing any time. You're just gaining information as you go and skills because you're you're really showing them how to how to facilitate their own learning. hmm set goals, all of those are really important life skills. Yeah, absolutely.
2: So Jennifer, you know, you mentioned um, your youngest daughter wanted to go to college and you were working on a transcript and she needed mm-hmm. a transcript. So that makes me think, and I'm sure our listeners are wondering, okay, you're unschooling. Do you keep grades? How do you keep track of what your kids have learned so you can translate it later into some kind of document yeah. to provide? Yeah. What so, do you do?
1: Um, we, I, I don't give grades. I've never given grades and we don't do testing or anything like that. But what I do is I kind of keep notes on what they're learning. So when they were younger, I actually had like a notebook that I would write down. And I, for me, for my own well-being, when we first started, it was like, okay, what did they learn today? And I would write it down, you know, (laughs) just to make sure they were actually learning while they were doing nothing. (laughs) They were doing tons of things, of course. Um, Mm -hmm. And that kind of, I had to do less of that as I got older because I realized that I'm with them. I'm watching them learn. I see what they're learning. So as far as keeping formal records later on when they needed them for a high school transcript or something, it was more of an exercise of going back to the meeting with my kids thing. And we sat down and we met and we said, okay, we looked at like a traditional high school transcript and we went through the subjects and went, okay, what did you learn about biology? What do you know about biology and how did you learn that over the years? And then we sat and discussed it together and wrote down all the things we, you know, remembered that she had done in those areas, which turned out to be so much more than I thought going into it, you know. Um, And we really kind of did that for each subject. So each traditional subject so that when we did list it on a transcript, we listed them as traditional subjects and I gave grades. And the way I've when I have to give a grade for a transcript for my kids, I've done this for six of them now. So when I have to give a grade is I, I, my philosophy on grading them is that they learn to mastery. So I give them A's if I feel that they've completed the work for a topic. You know, I could even at some point go with, go through like a biology textbook and go, okay, did you learn this? Did you learn this? Did you learn this? And they've learned it all. So then I give them an A mm-hmm. um, and that's really how I approached grading and the transcripts. And then as far as like, going to college, unschoolers can definitely do that. And some of the schools that she applied to asked homeschoolers in general, had to submit extra records and more class descriptions. So in the class descriptions, I, you know, explained how she learned each subject in in the non-traditional ways and included all the information about how she did that and, and also information about how I came to the grades that I gave her.
2: That makes perfect sense, because what they want to know is that the the student is prepared for college level work.
1: Absolutely. They don't
2: necessarily care how the student got that information.
1: Right. And you wouldn't explain that if they went to school. They're not asking you, oh, what textbook did you use? You know, that's that's they're not interested in that.
2: Do you Um, keep a list of resources? So, for example, or, or I know that in the case of your youngest daughter, I know she went to some interesting like workshops or internships or things. So do you have Mm -hmm. that, that information logged somewhere?
1: Um, no, I really don't. I, it goes back to us just sitting down and discussing it and remembering Mm -hmm. what she did. And then we find the, you know, we found the, We'd remember, oh, yeah, you went and did that anatomy lab. And then I'd go find out what was the name of it, when was it, you know, and things like that, and then use some of those descriptions for their classes that they offered uh, were included in, in the transcript. And, and you know, I, I suppose I, if I had kept more detailed records than when I made the transcripts, it would have been easier. But I think <laughs> it would have been the same process. I don't feel like it's necessary. I feel like for unschoolers keeping who do want to keep records, I think... You need to be careful that you're not thinking about it as a checklist of my kid needs to to know these things because that's kind of opposed to what the idea of unschooling is because you kind of need to let go of the idea of what they're supposed to know and kind of go with what do they want to know instead Mm -hmm. one of the big things that i've been asked over the years by a lot of homeschoolers and people who are interested in homeschooling in general is if it's legal to unschool uh, I think the concept's so foreign really? to everybody, but yeah, I guess it, they I, have in their
0: imagination that you're not doing anything.
1: I think that goes back to the word, just the word itself, unschooling of them thinking like you just, your child doesn't learn anything. And that obviously that must be illegal. Right. <laughs> um, but I, it's like any other homeschooling. It depends on the state, obviously that you're in. Each state has different homeschooling laws, but you know, for example, here in Texas, with our homeschooling laws, you can homeschool any way you choose to homeschool as long as you fit in the the very few requirements the state has of you. Um, it, It doesn't matter. Now, some of the states require record keeping as homeschooling law. So obviously, you would have to find a way to keep records in those states. But for the most part, nobody's coming and saying, well, how did you do your math today? Or how do, you know, mm-hmm. you really are free to choose how you teach. So unschooling is included in that.
0: Unschooling's a perfect way to tailor education to a particular child's personality and interests yes. and just that whole idea of their bent, like what, what are you gifted and talented for? Yeah. And then to cultivate those interests and give them skills they need. And Like Mm -hmm. you said before, if you know how to learn, that's one of those things about getting into college. Anyone who is that involved in their own education is ready for college because the responsibility is on your shoulders in college. Your professor is not calling you to make sure you did your homework. Mm -hmm. And so unschooling in the way that you're doing it intentionally is really good preparation.
2: I think so too. You've opened my eyes. I don't, I don't think I'm you know, brave enough to do unschooling completely, but I think what you're doing is amazing. Thank you for sharing that with us and helping us to learn more about it.
0: You're so welcome. We're going to take a short break to hear from our sponsor, and when we come back, we have a special Thanksgiving surprise.
2: <laughs> oh dear, what's wrong? I'm so stressed. I'm taking down Halloween decorations, I've got a plan for Thanksgiving. Christmas shopping, I've got Christmas decorations to get out of the attic, I've got to plan my Christmas meal, and my child is graduating, and I need a transcript. You should use Transcript Maker. It's an online
0: service that allows you to make professional high school transcripts from the comfort of your own home. Oh, I don't have time to learn to use Excel. Oh, you don't need to. Transcript Maker can calculate GPA for you, so you don't have to waste time doing a bunch of laborious calculations.
2: I won't be at home very much. I've got a tour farm, so I know where I'm getting my turkey.
0: Transcript Maker keeps your transcript in the cloud in case you need to edit or access on the go, even on a turkey farm.
2: Okay, but I can't spend a lot of money this time of year. I've got to buy brand new cars with big red bows on them for my whole family.
0: Thankfully, Transcript Maker offers a 14-day free trial, so you can give it a test drive and see what you think. And listeners of the Happy Homeschooler podcast can save 20% off their subscription with our exclusive coupon code, HAPPY, H-A-P-P-Y, in all caps. And don't forget, this Cyber Monday, you can get 40% off all Transcript Maker plans at www.transcriptmaker.com. Just enter the code CYBER21, that's C-Y-B-E-R-2-1, in all caps. Head to www.transcriptmaker.com and get rid of some of that stress today.
2: Thank goodness for Transcript Maker. Simply better transcripts.
0: Thanksgiving is in two days if you're listening to this the day it comes out. And here at the end of the podcast, we want to share a few things that we're thankful for this year. Holly, what are you thankful for this year?
2: You know, I'm really thankful for the technology we have that enables us to um, to interact with each other no matter where we are and to help people mm-hmm. no matter where they are and to interact with our kids. Uh, I have kids that live out of state and I can still um, you know watch movies with them and, and hang out with them. And so I'm really thankful for technology. Uh, Jennifer, would you like to share with us what you're thankful for this sure. year? Sure, um, I,
1: I just got back from this big trip with a bunch of homeschool families and I'm feeling especially thankful that My family even discovered homeschooling because it gives us so much freedom to do these things like traveling. And I'm just this trip reminded me of how important that is to what what we love to do. What about you, Melody? I am I am overwhelmed with
0: gratitude. And I'm so thankful for my children who are building us a home. And while it's a stressful time with moving, moving is the pits. But we are moving into this amazing uh, little house that all of my kids have come together to to work on and remodel and prepare for us. And I know that homeschooling is a huge part of the way that our family has grown and the way that we are close with each other. And we really are our, each other's best friends. And so I uh, better stop or I'll just start crying. Aww. I'm just
2: full, full of <laughs> gratitude for what it means. You know, because of the pandemic and a lot of the times I didn't get to see my kids.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been a huge thing. I think that I, I, I like that technology. I, yeah. And because it's, been, because it's you're changed close with for with a lot of people kids. this year.
2: Yeah. Well, and you're close with your kids, Um. Mm-hmm. you know, and then when you uh, you have something that happens where, you know, you can't get together. Maybe they're too far away mm-hmm. or there's something going on like. And you could still we, we played games um, yeah. and all kinds of stuff online. Like it's mm-hmm. so, it's so important because we all grew these wonderful people that we really like to be around, Yeah, you know? Well, the entire podcast production team would also like to thank our listeners who have helped our podcast grow so much in the past year. We couldn't do what we're doing without you listening to our episodes.
0: If you have any questions, comments, or homeschool news stories, please email us at happyhomeschoolpod at gmail.com.
2: Like our page and join our group on Facebook at facebook.com slash happyhomeschoolpod. Check out
0: our Instagram at instagram.com slash happyhomeschoolpod.
2: Follow us on Twitter at underscore homeschoolpod.
0: And subscribe to the Happy Homeschooler podcast on YouTube. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Melody.
2: I'm Holly.
1: And I'm Jennifer.
0: Happy homeschooling! homeschooling. Hi, this is your host, Melody Gillum. Thank you for listening to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a transcript maker production. My co-host is Holly williams Urbach. This episode was produced by Matthew Bass and edited by Nora Williams. Our graphic design is by Pete Soloway, and our music is by The Great Pangolin. You can find our music on YouTube and Twitter at Kylie Wins. That's K-A-I-L-E-Y Wins. If you'd like to help our podcast grow, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or, as always, tell people about us. In fact, this is so silly. In my dream, this is so silly. In my dream, just before I woke up this morning, I was visiting with cousins that I haven't seen in a long time, and they were talking about homeschooling because they had been listening to the podcast. (laughs) 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 <laughs> I think that was really my brain trying to remind me that I had something to do today. <laughs> and I had promised to keep the kids.